0: I recently did a video about the DJI Phantom 3 Professional Edition that I've been using and I've had a couple people ask me about the camera settings that I've been using and so I thought it'd be cool to do a video today to do a quick walkthrough on the settings and talk about how you can optimize the camera to get the best possible footage. Now aerial photography and video is very similar to shooting landscape photography in that the biggest challenge that you have is working with a really wide dynamic range. This means that shadow detail and highlight detail are the most difficult to balance and retain. In most daylight conditions the sky stays really bright compared with the ground which starts to retain a lot more of the dark shadows and shooting during sunrise or sunset will intensify all of this. The Phantom 3 uses a 12 megapixel Sony Exmor sensor which is the same sensor that they use in the GoPro Hero 4 Black Edition. It's a very decent sensor and it's combined with a lens that has a fixed 2.8 aperture which is pretty wide and so there's some other things that you'll need to do with filters to lower your shutter speed if it's a cinematic look that you're looking for. Now I will say this the Phantom 3 camera is pretty good. It's not incredible. And so that's why having your camera settings just right are gonna give you the most flexibility in what you're gonna be able to do in post-production. And that's what we're gonna talk about in this video. So to make changes to your camera settings, we're gonna do this from the DJI Go app. And I'll want you to note that I'm not actually connected to the quadcopter right now because I'm doing a screen recording off of this. But in order for your settings to take effect, you do need to be connected to the Phantom 3 and everything needs to be powered up and talking to each other. But in order to change the settings, what you're gonna do is on the panel that's over on the right That is all your camera controls so you're gonna select menu at the top of the screen and there are columns in here for still video and then you also have a little wrench in here where you can turn on a histogram and it overlays a small histogram which is really nice to have as well so you can double check your exposure so I'm gonna go through my settings on here under the photo column here uh, basically I set my image size to 4 to 4 by 3 and that will not do any cropping so your other option in there is 16 by 9 I would rather have the Ability to crop as I see fit in post production, so I leave that on 4.3. Next, under image format, I will set that to raw. Now, when you're shooting raw images, Um, The remaining three settings for white balance style and color really don't have much of an effect. White balance will, but you can obviously change white balance very easily with RAW. I will get that as close as possible to what I am shooting, and I use those for the video settings. And typically, I'm shooting both when I'm I'm on a flight, so um, I'll set those in the video column in just a second. But that's what I set up for images. RAW will retain all of the information in the darks and the lights, and it's probably gonna be the best quality image that you're gonna be able to get. Under the video column, uh, video size, I shoot everything in 4k and I actually shoot at 24 frames a second it's actually 23.976 but that's the standard that I tend to do all my videos at now for white balance um, let's go ahead and select this and I like to do a custom white balance on on here and the reason why is if you set this to auto um, your white balance can change depending on what you're pointing the camera at where you're flying and I don't want that to change while I'm recording video that can add that can turn into a real nightmare on you so you have one of two choices is you can actually manually select sunny cloudy and it won't change or what I like to do is a custom function and what you have to do is scroll up on that and right now it just defaulted to 2000 K um, for average daylight sunny day kind of thing I will bring this up to about 5,000 and that may be a little off um, for some people's standards but for me I've noticed the camera shoots a little bit warm anyway so 5,000 works about right for me if I'm shooting a sunset I will take that up to 6,000 and that will allow me to get um, you know more of the retention and the saturation and the color. Now do note on here that this is really tricky on an iPhone to be able to just touch and go on this. So it does take some practice before you take off to get those settings exactly right. But that's what I tend to do is for a custom white balance setting. I'll go with 5,000 for a sunny day and I'll go with 6,000 for a um, sunset. And if it's cloudy, I'll probably choose the cloudy function on there or bring it down even more. So those are your options um, as far as white balance goes. And that's where I like mine set. Now the next is very important. And this is under the the style category here and what I like to do is a custom one now I mentioned earlier that the camera on here is good it's not incredible and one of the problems that I have with the way that the DJI has this all set to to um, to process in the image is that it is way too sharp more often than not and this will lead to problems anytime you have texture or pattern on the ground so like uh, a lot of times like grass or even rooftops will start to more a on you where they have this checkerboard pattern that kind of has a mind of its own and it looks pretty gross. So again, sharpening is the kind of thing that you can always add in post. You can't take it away. And so I would rather have less sharpening than have it over sharpened. And now remember too, when I change this setting, you're not taking away sharpness, you're just reducing it. So even though this is a negative number, so I will bring the sharpness down to minus two, even minus one is still too hot. Sometimes the next two columns are for contrast and saturation. And I'll talk about both of these in just a second when we get to the profile, but I will go ahead and turn this down. So contrast, I'm going to bring all the way down to negative three and I'll tell you why. in a second. And then for saturation, this tends to really oversaturate things. I'll bring that down to negative two, sometimes negative one, because again, I want to have that control in post. And that's where you're going to have more flexibility. Um, Once you're kind of committed to these things with your footage, it makes it more difficult to deal with in post if you change your mind. So negative two, negative three, negative two works pretty well. And so let's go back out. And the last thing I want to talk about is the color profile on here. And I have this set to D log. Um, This is the profile to go with. And what you're going to see, and I'll put some footage over over the top. This is what it looks like when you pull it off the card. It's kind of muddy. Um, it's a little bit faded looking, but you're going to see on here that shadow detail is here as well as highlight detail. So this gives me flexibility. And you're going to notice that the histogram, that everything is retained and kind of stays in there. So I want to talk about how to work with log footage in post-production. And this is the image that I got right out of the camera. This was shot in downtown Dallas, neighborhood called Deep Ellum. And you can see that this was using that log profile and the settings that I just showed you. So the sharpness has been dialed back. The contrast is way down. The log profile is gonna take out a lot of that contrast. So how do you work with this, just with the built-in tools that come with a video editor? And I'm in Final Cut Pro right now, and I'll talk about how you do it in Premiere as well. But it's pretty easy. What I wanna do is if you go down to the Effects tab down here on the bottom right-hand side of the screen, go into the color section here and grab the color correction. This is just the default color corrector. I'm gonna drag and drop that onto the clip that I want to adjust. And you're gonna see that we have a color correction now set up. And I'm going to click on color board with the little arrow there. And I'm gonna start with exposure. And the easiest thing to do is start with the shadows, then work with the highlights, and then adjust the midpoint if necessary. So what I'm gonna do is exactly that. I'm gonna start here over in the shadows. I'm gonna start bringing those down. And you can see that I'm starting to, quote unquote, crush the blacks and they will get too crushed at one point and it becomes over contrasty and maybe that's the look you're looking for it's too much for me so i'm going to bring that back dial it back up i'm going to bring that down to about here let's say next thing i'm going to do is raise the highlights because remember that d-log profile squashed everything towards the midtone. so let's bring up the highlights and i really don't need them too much you can see the more i bring them up the more bright the image will be until it's too bright so we don't need that I'm going to bring them up to about here, and you can already see that we have an image and then just the midtones. if you need to. I'm going to bring them down just a hair. We have something that's pretty workable. So let's go back out and let's do a before and after on there, and I will show you. Let's turn that off. So here's before, and uh, oops, sorry. Here's before and here's after. So just a couple quick levels adjustments, and we got that in the ballpark. The other thing is the colors are pretty low in saturation still, so what I'll do is go into the saturation tab, just bring up the master. You can adjust these by shadow, midtones, and highlights as well, but I'm going to bring that just a little bit. You can see this footage was shot in autumn, so the red trees down here tend to start pop out the most. Um, The rest is kind of an urban landscape, so there's not a whole lot of color going on. And then the last thing I'm going to do here is adjust under the color tab. You have basically a set of, little levels adjustments that you can do here the one that's auto selected here on the left is the master adjustment and what I'm going to do is I'm going to grab the highlights so you have shadows midtones and highlights and this is kind of a common technique when you're dealing with grading footage as well so I'm going to grab the highlights and if I move this through the color spectrum you can see that it starts to color the highlights and if I bring this over to the yellows and kind of the orangish almost into red here I can start to play with that and make it look a little more dramatic like maybe this was shot a little later in the day than it was and you can really bring out some color in the in the highlights there consequently too if you want this to be a cooler looking image I can bring that down to the bottom of the slider here or bottom of that dividing line and I start to bring out the blues and you can go play with this as well and maybe I'll bring that into the shadows and the midtones as well a little bit but anyway you can independently play with those and that's going to affect your color balance for the overall image and it's starting to look pretty good. In fact, I'm kinda happy with that. So let's go do a quick before and after. I'm gonna turn that off. This is the way it looked straight out of camera. And you can see really quickly just using the built-in color correction tool that I was able to make adjustments to make this very usable. And I, I still have all the shadow detail I want in here and I didn't blow out any of the highlights details. And so that's really important because if you're using just If you're not using a log profile, you can lose those things. The other thing I wanna mention is is it works the same if you're using Adobe Premiere, and a lot of people use Premiere. What you're gonna do is use the three-way color corrector, and it works pretty much the same way. What you're gonna do is first dial down the shadows, get those where you want them, then raise the highlights, and then adjust the midpoint last, if necessary. And then what you want to do is boost the saturation and then what I did is I actually um, used the the um, the color adjustments and brought the highlights over into kind of an orangish color and that works pretty well for the scene so that is basically um, color correction using log footage if you want to learn more about aerial photography I'd highly recommend you check out our sponsor today or the awesome folks over at lynda.com lynda.com is probably one of the most extensive libraries of video tutorials that you're gonna find anywhere online they have over 4,000 courses available including mini on photography and they actually have one called shooting aerial panoramas with a quadcopter and if you want to try this out you can do so absolutely free and what you want to do is use a special link you want to head over to lynda.com aop that is lynda with a y lynda.com aop and that will give you 10 days of unlimited free access to the entire website so go check out the title on shooting aerial panoramas with a quadcopter and learn something more you can do it absolutely free and once again that link is lynda.com Slash AOP. And I want to give a special shout out and thanks to the folks at Linda for once again sponsoring another episode of The Art of Photography. So that is basically how I am working with the stills and footage that I'm using from the Phantom 3. And really everything comes down to experimenting and to experience that you've got with the cameras, just like any other camera for that matter, and figuring out what you're going to need to do to get the best footage. And as I mentioned earlier, the camera that comes with the Phantom 3 is a very decent camera, but it's not a great camera. And so there is some work in post-production that you've got to do. So my approach to it is to shoot in a way that gives me the most versatility to working with that footage in post so that I can manipulate it there. And I think the biggest killer on this camera is sharpness. And I understand that DJI, um, when they are selling these things right out of the box, they want something that's very impressive and very sharp, particularly when you come with 4K specs. Unfortunately, if you're really serious about working with this camera, the sharpness is what gets in the way probably more than anything else. I think secondary to that would be contrast. And so lowering those and bringing them down to something that's more manageable is very easy to do. And like I said earlier you can always increase sharpness in post you can't take it away and so anyway I hope this helps if you guys enjoyed this video please remember to like it and share it with your friends and as always subscribe to this channel so you will be always up to date on all the latest and greatest videos that we do here until the next video I'll see you guys later